All right, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Rotator Podcast. My name is Russ, and once again, I am flying solo this week. However, I thought that this would be a good reason to dive into a topic that I've kind of had a little bit of curiosity about here in the last few years. Does the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have a problem with the heavy metal genre? I seem to think so. So I'm going to try to answer that question for you guys and gals this week, along with giving you the top five metal bands that are way, way overdue for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So after the guitar riff, the Couch Rotato podcast presents to you, does the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have a problem with heavy metal? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I'm flying the ship solo once again, so I hope that last week wasn't a deterrent for you guys and gals to tune off the show and not listen to me anymore. I I consider myself my own worst critic, so I always think that these shows I do by myself are horrible. It just sounds like it's me rambling on for half an hour, 40 minutes. So if I, if I bore you guys and gals, I do apologize. I don't have anybody to play off of. I'll try to entertain you for the next 30 to 40 minutes with uh, dad jokes and me middle-aged bitching about stuff. Um, But I figured that today would be just as good of a day as any to try to figure out why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a problem with heavy metal music. Back on May 3rd, they just announced their 2023 class, which is a great class. George Michael got inducted. Sheryl Crow... Rage Against the Machine, Kate Bush, The Spinners, and Missy Elliott are are the class of 2023. Plus, there's some uh, people that are not so much artists per se. I think Shaka Khan got on. It's uh, for the music excellence portion of it, which is more like people that are really good in concert or like for songwriters or producers or people in the business that are influential but not exactly performers. But a pretty good class this year. But once again, the heavy metal genre seems to be kind of taking a backseat to everybody else. Um, Rage Against the Machines are a really good start. I mean, most people would consider Rage Against the Machine a heavy metal band, which they are. But they're not a traditional heavy metal band in the sense of like a Metallica, a Megadeth, an Anthrax or that. They incorporate kind of the new metal style somewhat uh along with some funk music but they're you know they use uh, elements of hip-hop funk uh, heavy metal other genres and they kind of stir it together and make their own unique sound which is super fantastic rage against machine a very deserving band i'm glad that they finally got in but i am still trying to figure out why some of the icons of the genre such as your iron maidens your mega deaths Slayer, tons of good bands out there that are still waiting to uh, get inducted. And in my research today, I found out that there are only two traditional heavy metal bands, not bands that are kind of from different genres that have a metal flavor, such as like Rage Against the Machine, as I just said, or bands that kind of have their roots in heavy metal but are considered rock, such as like ACDC, Led Zeppelin, uh, bands like that, but just traditional heavy metal bands, the bands that you would associate with the genre. Metallica, 
who got in not on their first try, but their second try. And then Black Sabbath, who I believe it took them 10 attempts to get in before they were finally inducted. Those are the only two traditional heavy metal bands in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which blows my mind. Metallica, considered by many to be the standard bearer, the like the top band of the genre, a band that puts on stadium shows, arguably probably one of the 10 biggest music acts, period. I mean, they're not on the level of like a Taylor Swift or uh, who am I missing here? Uh, Harry Styles, Ed Sheeran, not on that level just because pop music's obviously more popular, but uh, for the rock genre, by far the biggest band in the industry. Um, and even Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath is the godfathers of the genre. They're the band that everybody kind of considers to be the creators of heavy metal music. And they've got one of the most iconic figures in rock and roll period in Ozzy Osbourne as their front man. And it took them 10 tries to get in. So can someone explain to me what's wrong with that? It seems to me like they they figure like, oh well, we've got Ozzy. We're not gonna put Ozzy in as a solo artist. We're just we'll put Black Sabbath in. Everybody knows who Metallic is. Put them in, and that speaks for the heavy metal genre. We got it taken care of. No need to go in and get some of these other bands. They're done. So why? Um, I did pose the question to a few of my friends today. Um, I did ask them, why do you think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a problem with heavy metal music? So uh, Lucas, my former co-host, still a great friend of the show, I text him first and asked him, I said, hey, why do you think that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has such a problem with heavy metal music? And he said that, uh, speaking from his dad's point of view, his dad's a much, much older man than him, he says that uh, his dad used to say that heavy metal music is nothing but noise and not real music. Okay, I can kind of see that's going to kind of fit into my theory here. Um, and then I also went to Jason. You guys know Jason. He's been on the show a few times. He actually just did the... Metallica rankings episode with me a few weeks ago. So I consider him a knowledgeable uh, person to speak on this topic as well. Um, He says that he kind of thinks that people look at it as like devil's music. He said, I still get side-eyed when I say I enjoy heavy metal music. Plus I think a lot of people just don't understand it. There's some anger and rage in metal I think some people see it the wrong way. Also, also a very valid point. I didn't think to ask him at the time, but I do have a friend that plays in a metal band. Uh, actually, um, I don't know if you guys and gals will hear this by the time it comes out, uh, but uh, I have promoted these guys quite a bit on my Facebook or my Twitter page, uh, Faith and Failure. They're playing the pre-tailgate party at Sonic Temple this weekend. Big Big deal for those guys. I didn't think to ask him. I thought he would have given me a, a nice perspective as he's a much younger guy than us. So, hey, I don't pretend to be a professional at this. That's probably why no one listens to me. But 
Um, I thought that Jason and Lucas brought up some very valid points, and I think that's kind of fitting into my theory on why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is kind of overlooking the metal genre. A lot of the voters are much older, and I think a lot of them see the heavy metal genre, like Lucas said, it's just it's very loud and angry and aggressive music. It's always been known to be you play it as fast as you possibly can, as loud as you possibly can. There's screaming involved in it from some people. And I think with that, along with the a lot of the imagery, a lot of bands use uh, satanic imagery or just, you know, the the dark arts, as they'd say. And then um, I just think with those two combinations mixed along with the way that metalheads are perceived in pop culture media, uh, I, for one, I love the Wayne's World movies. I love a movie called Airheads. A uh, movie came out in 94, I believe. It had uh, Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, uh, Adam Sandler. It's about uh, a band that's trying to get their demo played on the radio. So they take a uh, radio station hostage to get their demo played. Awesome, hilarious movie. You guys uh, can check it out. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Maybe I'll pop that on the socials at some point. But um, I think along with that, and just when you see metalheads interviewed like on the radio or on TV, they kind of are portrayed to be stupid. That's not saying metalheads are stupid. Definitely not. Some of the smartest people I know listen to heavy metal music. I listen to heavy metal music, but I'm also an idiot. So I can't really uh, defend myself too much on that. But uh, I think it's just those common misconceptions of the genre. And I think that a lot of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame voters seem to think that you're trying to create music that's just as loud as you could possibly make it to cater to an uneducated portion of the music fan base. So there's really no artistic value in that. So why are we going to award you with... uh, induction of the hall of fame when you're not really creating anything of any artistic merit. And I think that's where it lies. It's just the fact that they think this is loud, aggressive music for stupid people and there's no art in it. So why, why put in these bands? They're just creating this noise for stupid people. They're going to buy it. There's, they're not buying it for, songwriting or the lyrics are buying it just because it's loud and aggressive. And I think that's what it is. And I think it's a lot of it is just from the way the rock and roll hall of fame voting panel has uh, come through through the years. Uh, the rock hall was uh, started by uh, the editor in chief. And I think the creator of Rolling Stone magazine, uh, I think his name is uh, Jan Wimmer. I think that's his name, Jan Wimmer, Jan Wimmer. But uh, he is on record as not being a fan of heavy metal music. Rolling Stone magazine itself is not huge fans of the genre. They tried creating a top 100 songs of heavy metal not too long ago, and that list is a fucking absolute atrocity. Check it out, but it's all over the map. Definitely not good, and if you're trying to get into heavy metal music, do not go off that list. Uh, there's some, there's some decent stuff in there, but yeah, the list is all wrong, but, uh, even, um, Rolling Stone magazine themselves, they've given bad reviews to, uh, a lot of prominent hard rock and metal albums over the years. 
And I think that mindset from those that voting base for years is kind of hasn't left yet. It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, the baseball hall of fame. The writing class is uh, you have a lot of these old old beat writers for baseball teams, and they have a certain mindset how they think baseball players should be judged for the hall of fame. And if they don't fit into that box, then they're not worthy enough. And I think that's a lot of what the genre is, or the problem is with uh, heavy metal and the rock and roll of fame is just, they have a perception and this artist or singer has to fit into this box. And if you don't fit inside that box then you're not a hall of fame worthy artist, just my two cents. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I would love to hear you, uh, you guys and gals thoughts on this. Hit us up. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, shoot me an email at the couch potato podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, but I mean, that's kind of what I think it is. Uh, I would love to hear some different, uh, perspective on it. I was hoping to have a guest on tonight, but scheduling once again, didn't really allow that. So you're just stuck with me tonight and me rambling on, on what my thoughts are, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I think. I just think that it's just a lot of old, older voters that just don't like heavy metal. So they're not going to reward anybody for it. So I don't know. Could be wrong. Just my two cents on it. But, um, I was going through a list of heavy metal acts that are not in the rock and roll hall of fame and the list and the names I found is absolutely mind blowing. And I could easily make this the top 30, the top 40, the top 50 bands. That's the amount of bands that are definitely worthy of being in there that are not in there yet. But for the sake of uh, not boring you guys to death with my monotone voice, I just want to narrow it down to five. Um, but these are the five acts that I think should be in the rock and roll hall of fame. Um, a couple bands that didn't quite make my list. Uh, Slayer. Iconic, they're one of the big four of thrash metal. Iconic band just recently hung up their guitars after 30-plus years in the game. An incredible career. Um, I know they kind of don't fit into that metal box, but uh, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains kind of have some heavy metal flavoring in their sound. I think they're long overdue. I know Soundgarden made the top five of the fan vote. And I thought that the fan vote meant something, but apparently it doesn't. Not at least what I thought. I thought that if you got the top five, you're guaranteed a spot in there, but apparently you're not. Um, but uh, my top five is, uh, first I decided to go with Motley Crue. I know uh, they are kind of a laughing stock of... Uh, the rock genre recent years because uh, Vince Neil obviously looks like he's out of shape and should have no business being in front of a microphone performing in front of people. Plus they like every other rock band, their final tour turnout. It wasn't their final tour. Uh, they're back at it, hitting the road. Uh, they were out last year back out on the road this year, but I mean, they're pretty much the preeminent hair metal band of the eighties, which I know a lot of you guys and gals that listen to the show weren't really, I don't think you were alive or you were real young during this era, but uh, pop and hair metal carried the 80s. 
I mean, there were so many hair metal bands and so many one-hit wonders out of that genre, but Motley Crue was head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, they kind of... The uh, parody band Steel Panther, they're a phenomenal rock band, but they kind of do like more of like a parody shtick, and they've basically ripped off Motley Crue. But the fact that most hair metal bands now are kind of stuck if they still are playing music. They're usually playing like the fair circuits or if you're lucky, you may get like seven or eight of them together on one bill. They might play like an amphitheater, but I mean, Motley Crue's playing stadiums still. I mean, their last tour, they're playing like gigantic, like baseball stadiums. I think they did some football stadiums too. I know they're coming to uh, Columbus this year. And they're playing the Horseshoe, which holds about 110,000 people, which is really impressive. And I know there's not a, a ton of tickets left for that. Um, so, I mean, that just speaks to how fantastic they are. I mean, they've got some of the most iconic songs, rock songs of the 80s. Uh, they're kind of the poster boys for rock and roll excess. I mean, it doesn't really warrant being nominated for the rock and roll hall of fame but they're like one of the bands of the 80s like you think hair metal that's the first band you're gonna think of and i mean i know hair metal gets a shit like you know a lot of people kind of make fun of it now but i mean it was a big deal back when i was a kid and the fact that motley Crue is still doing it i mean it speaks to the craftsmanship and the like how good their music was i mean they they had a ton of awesome songs like Dr. Feelgood. That whole Dr. Feelgood album is fantastic. Shout out the devil looks at kill. I mean, if Bon Jovi's in the rock and roll hall of fame, Motley Crue definitely deserves it. But, uh, Motley Crue's, uh, my number five, uh, number four. Uh, unfortunately they are not around anymore. Well, no, take that back. They are, they're actually out on the road, uh, this summer. Uh, my number four is Pantera. Um, Back in the early 90s, I was speaking of hair metal, great segue. See, I might be getting okay at this, but hair metal was starting to die out. A lot of the grunge bands such as Nirvana and Pearl Jam, Pumpkins, Soundgarden, those bands were starting to become like the bands that everybody was gravitating towards in the rock game. Hair metal was really starting to die out. Even like some of the bigger acts like Megadeth and Slayer were starting to kind of get swept by the wayside by this grunge wave that was coming through. But Pantera kind of came out in the scene and just I I say that Pantera is the band that saved heavy metal in the 90s. I mean, they were the very first band in the heavy metal genre to open with a number one record. I mean, some people might consider the Metallica black album to be, you know, in that same ilk. I Metallica is more of a hard rock band at this point. Um, but yeah, Pantera coming on the scene far beyond driven come out hits number one. Um, and I think they should just be on this list too, simply because when you think of rock guitarists, there's not too many guys that have, a signature sound that when that you start hearing those riffs and those notes being played, you instantly know who it is. Uh, Eddie Van Halen is definitely one and Van Halen is thankfully in the rock and roll hall of fame, deservedly. So I'm sure like most of those bands from the eighties probably took way longer than it should have. 
Uh, Jimi Hendrix is another one you can kind of tell when he plays. He's definitely like that's that's a Hendrix song. But Dimebag Daryl, the guitar player from Pantera, instantly you know this is a Pantera song when you start hearing that guitar come through instantly. And I think it speaks to how awesome of a guitar player he was that even though Pantera is on this reunion, this tribute run, which includes two, the two living members of Pantera and Phil Anselmo and Rex Brown, along with uh, Charlie Belladante from Anthrax, a phenomenal metal drummer in his own right. And Zach Wild, who's done, uh, Quite a bit of touring with Ozzy Osbourne. He also has the Black Label Society. Uh, when you get those two guys along with Phil and Rex, you're thinking like, oh man, it's a fucking hell of a lineup. But there is just as many people that were very skeptical of this Pantera reunion as there were people that were excited for it. And I think that speaks volumes to the importance of Dimebag to the band. Now, I've, I've got to see some stuff. It sounds awesome. It's It's not... You know, it's not the same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, to this day, the power of Dimebag Daryl, I think, is just enough. I mean, hell, if anything, put him in. But also, I mean, his brother, that whole ba- band is phenomenal. And I think them saving the genre in the 90s, I mean, that... And they put out some great albums. Uh, Vulgar Display, obviously, I talked about. Uh, even their last album, Reinventing the Steel, is pretty good. But the great Southern Trend Kill, Cowboys from Hell, the iconic album from them. Tons of great stuff in their short career. But yeah, I think Pantera definitely deserves to be in there. If anything, just to give people in the hall, walking the Hall of Fame, a chance to get to know Dimebag Daryl. Because I guarantee you, Tons of people that go through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame every day have no idea who that is, and that's a fucking crime. Definitely put those guys in so people can learn about how great Dimebag was, and it's a shame that a lot of non-metal fans are only going to know Dimebag as the guitar player got killed in Columbus. So put them in. I mean, they deserve it anyways. Uh, my number three band is the band that I think is pretty much synonymous with the rock and roll attitude. You know, just having a bad attitude, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Um, this guy, the lead singer, is pretty much considered to be the godfather of the genre. They don't claim to be a heavy metal band, but their influence runs all the way from bands like Metallica all the way to like current bands. I'm talking about Motorhead. Uh, they have such an influence on the genre, just super, like, they don't play very long songs. I mean, you're not going to hear, like, a 10, 15-minute Megadeth or Motorhead song. It's going to be three, four minutes, but they've got the attitude that is pretty much synonymous with the genre. The iconic song, Ace of Spades. And, I mean, I always considered the... If you're putting together a rock and roll Hall of Fame section just for uh, rock frontmen, that Lemmy Kilmister needs to be on that. He's an iconic character of the hard rock genre. Um, Plus, Motorhead was, Jesus, they did it for 30-some years. I mean, Lemmy was touring like up until like three or four months before he passed away. Just incredible. They're one of those bands, side note, uh, 
I always tell people that if you are on the fence about seeing a band that you've always wanted to see, but you've never seen them, just go. Um, there's not too many bands that I have not seen live in concert, but I missed out on seeing Motorhead. They're probably in my top five favorite bands of all time. Never got a chance to see them. Uh, I remember me and a friend were going to go see them on the Rockstar Mayhem tour. And they, this is how fucking lame the excuse was. We decided not to go because it was on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I think. Yeah, it was like a weekday. But it was Slipknot, Slayer, Anthrax, and Motorhead were the headliners. An incredible lineup. You're a fan of heavy metal music. But never got to see Motorhead. Never got to see the the power of Lemmy in person. But the fact that they're they're probably one of the most influential bands in heavy metal. Uh, I countless bands have cited Motorhead as a direct influence on their sound. So I mean, just for the influence of it all. I mean, Metallica for one cites Motorhead as a gigantic influence. You could tell, especially early Metallica, they've they adopt the Lemmy. And the Motorhead attitude. So, I mean, I, I think Motorhead should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, just and plus, just they incorporate so much of the the style of uh, heavy metal now. Just like the fast, the fast, like just rapid fire guitar riffs, the pounding bass, which is a Lemmy trademark. Um, but. Yeah, I Motorhead definitely is deserving, if anything, just because they've got one of the iconic characters of the genre. Um, number two, uh, this guy would be my number one if he wasn't already in. But uh, number two would be Ozzy Osbourne. I was shocked that Ozzy's not in as a solo artist. I mean, Ozzy, for one, is probably one of the most iconic figures in music period. Even if you don't listen to hard rock and heavy metal, I guarantee you probably know who Ozzy Osbourne is. Now, granted that's probably due to the fact he did the, the Osbourne show and he's been in commercials and other things. He's kind of like a more of a pop culture icon at this point. But, uh, back in the eighties, I mean, going back to earlier, like the devil, the satanic, vibes of heavy metal a lot of it has to do with him <clears throat> i mean he's notorious for uh biting the head off of a bat but i think more than anything is <clears throat> in the 80s ozzy just kept pumping out hit after hit after hit mom i'm coming home which i know it's not the first song people will mention when they mention ozzy but you've got bark at the moon uh crazy train those are hard rock staples. I mean, you can put those on and everybody's like, okay, this is a good song for four or five minutes. I'm going to have fun with this. Um, But I think he kind of gets penalized a little bit because he's a member of black Sabbath and the rock voters like, well, we already put black Sabbath in. we don't need to put Ozzy in too. But I think that's a shame. Uh, He also, it seems like he has a real knack for finding just phenomenal guitar players. Randy Rhodes, his first guitar player when he went solo uh, recently got inducted, I think a couple of years ago in the uh, music excellence category, which I explained earlier is for like contributors to the genre. Um, 
Zach Wild, who's doing the, you know, he doing his own thing. Plus, you know, he's playing with Pantera. He's been Ozzy's guitar player for years now. He seems to have a knack for finding just awesome guitar talent. Uh, phenomenal songwriter. Just recently retired. I mean, if you would have followed Ozzy's career back in the 80s, you probably would have thought he would have died well before 2023. I never, even back when I would see him in the 90s, I never expected him to still be alive today. But I think just the fact that he is such an iconic character, and I mean, I think a lot of these bands too, like they, you don't realize they've got incredible songs. They've got such rich catalogs and i think that kind of gets overlooked in this too but i mean i think in terms of like when you're voting for the rock and hall of fame i think you should be rewarded for your the music that you've put out uh how long you're able to sustain such a like a long career like if you're able to be consistently good for a long period of time and i think it just Quite frankly, uh, Tom Rello said it best. Like, I think a criteria for getting into the Hall of Fame is just how awesome you are. And Ozzy fits all those to the T. I mean, just a, a great character, great musician. Uh, he's been doing this for, geez, 40-plus years now. So, yeah, Ozzy definitely deserves to go in by himself. And my number one band, it shouldn't be uh, no surprise. It seems to be the band that everyone's been bitching about lately, uh, not being in, and they, quite frankly, they probably should have gotten in this year. They should have been in well before this, but definitely this was the year they could have gotten in. It was uh, Iron Maiden. Uh, I mean, they've been doing it since the 70s. I think what really is a a notch in the armor of Iron Maiden is the fact that these guys are so successful without the help of MTV or radio play. Like you never hear Iron Maiden on the radio. You might hear them a little bit now, but back when I was a kid, like I never seen videos of them on MTV. I never heard them on the radio, but yet these guys are still selling out arenas, selling millions and millions of records. And for one, like I never really appreciated Iron Maiden as a kid. I always thought they were kind of like the old man's metal band when I was a kid. Because, you know, like back when I was a teenager, I was kind of in the thrash metal and I was into the new metal stuff. But uh, back in 2016 or 17, I happened to catch their uh, performance at Donington, the Download Festival. It might have been 18. I don't know, 2015, 16, 17, somewhere in that, that range. I happened to catch their... Uh, performance at Donington and was just blown away. And I kind of was kicking myself in the ass. Like, why haven't I discovered these guys sooner? And I mean, I had heard number of the beast. I had heard run to the Hills, but the fact that these guys are able to hold your attention and they don't do like three or four minute songs. I mean, they've got songs like this new album. There's a uh, Sinjitsu. They have songs in there like 12 or 14 minutes long, but yet I am, captivated for those whole 12, 14 minutes. And I think it just, it's a testament that they're kind of, when you talk about the metal bands, like the iconic metal bands, like the people like to use the Mount Rushmore phrase, like who would be on your Mount Rushmore of blank. And I think that most people 
would say Iron Maiden would be on that. And the fact that most people, like, if you just say Maiden, you know, un- you instantly know who they're talking about. And that's very rare. And it's even more incredible that people can say that for a band that was never on TV or on the radio, which back in the 80s and the 90s was incredibly hard to do, was to be famous and popular without the help of radio or MTV. I mean, case in point, Metallica didn't put out a video till 1989. I mean, they were starting to get big, but I mean, they didn't really hit that next level until one was on MTV. Now, would they be as big as they were without it? Probably. I mean, they, they're, they're Metallica. They're awesome for a reason, but I mean, the fact that Iron Maiden was able to do that and be able to do it for as long as they have is just absolutely incredible. Now, I know that there's been voters from the Rock. I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame president recently said that Iron Maiden will get in at some point, but I don't understand why it's taken so long. So, I don't know. That's my top five. Uh, Like I said, yeah, Slayer, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Just Missed the Cut. Tons of other bands, the Scorpions, Dio, one of the great voices in rock music, also not in the Hall of Fame. You can just look up rock bands not in the Hall of Fame, and I guarantee you're just going to be blown away by the amount of bands that are not in there. It just was fucking crazy. But uh, that's my top five. If there's anybody out there that you think should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, he said, I said earlier, just hit us up on the socials. I did ask uh, a couple people what they thought. Uh, once again, I went to Lucas. Uh, I asked him, um, I said, who do you think should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's not in there. He said, Corn and uh, Lincoln Park, which uh, for him, he grew up in the new metal era, so he's going to kind of gravitate more towards that that era of music. I know Linkin Park had a cup of coffee where they were probably one of the two or three biggest rock bands in the world. Um, I don't know. Like for me, I have trouble putting them in simply because like they were big, but they, they don't have the longevity. I mean, they've got one of the, I would liken them to like Creed. Creed was the biggest rock band in the world for a brief period of time. They have one of the biggest selling rock albums of all time, but like, is Creed a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band? I don't think they are. Just because they didn't do it long enough. And unfortunately, Linkin Park really gets penalized because obviously Chester Bennington tragically took his own life a f- few years ago, so they really can't continue. But um, I don't know if I would consider Linkin Park a Hall of Fame act. They... they you know, they did their thing, man. They were beloved for a long time. I mean, they had that run where, like, they were the poster boys for MTV. They were on TRL every five minutes. MTV was running their uh, their videos. They were on rock radio constantly, uh, headlining their own tours. They even played with Metallica and Metallica's last summer sanitarium stadium run. Uh, they were a big deal for a little while. Corn, uh, on the other hand, I think Corn has... A case, um, I would say that even though there are other bands that uh, 
did the rap rock thing beforehand. Uh, like, you know, the classic uh, Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith is a good example. And there was, uh, you know, some other bands like, you know, Suicidal Tendencies has a little bit of that. Not quite as much as Corn, but uh, I, I consider Corn the godfathers of new metal. And really, uh, new metal is, I think, rock's last stand in terms of being relevant in the music industry as like the apex for rock. Like once that movement kind of fizzled out, rock has never really been quite as popular in the mainstream as it was then. I think the rock genre is still very healthy. I mean, the uh, Danny Wimmer rock festivals are a testament to that. He's running one this weekend. Uh, He's got four or five that do incredibly well for him. So rock Rock is doing okay. It's just it's not quite as uh, popular in the mainstream as it used to be, but that's okay. Us rockers don't want to be popular anyways. Um, but, yeah, I think Korn's got a, a solid case. Um, I see. Who else did I ask here? Uh, I went to Jason, but, of course, you know, Jason uh, pretty much agreed with the bands that I listed. Um I did uh, ask a friend of mine, uh, Eric. Eric is uh, a friend of mine who used to be a local DJ for uh, the rock radio station 104.7 out of Dayton. So if he has an opinion on this, I take his opinion very seriously because he was in the business, seen all the trends. I highly respect his opinion. Uh, He had Pantera. Uh, He cited for the reasons I did... uh, Revived heavy metal when it started dying out. You've seen, uh, you know, the, the grunge era start killing out heavy metal. And then, of course, they they revived it with, you know, their uh, their brutal groove metal, which kind of brought groove metal into the, the forefront. Um, but, yeah, uh, he said Pantera. And of course, he had Iron Maiden uh, simply because uh, – some of the stuff that I said, uh, you know, so successful without the help of radio or MTV. And he had Slayer. Uh, yeah, Slayer definitely, I think, should be inducted at some point. Um, I always considered Slayer to be the ACDC of heavy metal. They never really changed up their sound, but it's okay because it worked for them. Um, I, I also think Slayer is a little bit penalized by the rock voters, too, because they really lean into the darker side of heavy metal. Like they, uh, lean into the satanic imagery and the lyrics and they sing about stuff like serial killers and, uh, you know, just very tragic world events. So I think that kind of hurts them a little bit, but I mean, they, they did their thing for 30 plus years. They were right up there, not quite on the Metallica level, but I think that in terms of the thrash, genre of heavy metal it's metallic and then slayer was the settled in at number two i god i can't tell you how many times i've seen them on their retirement run i think i've seen them like four or five times slayer's a phenomenal live man too and i think that should be some criteria too is their performance i mean ozzy like i said ozzy's such a showman uh you could always count on being entertained at an Ozzy Osbourne show. Uh, a lot of times he performed drunk and usually we, uh, me and some buddies had a 
a test of Ozzy came out inebriated. You were in for a fantastic show. But if he came out sounding sober, there was a chance that he was either going to cut it short because he was sick or just wasn't going to be the same. But he was always super entertaining. So I think that should count for it somewhat. Um, like I said, before I uh, wrap this up, hopefully I don't put you guys to sleep too much. But uh, yeah, let me know who you think should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the from heavy metal. I would love to hear from you. Uh, I love talking heavy metal. It's probably one of my f- movies and heavy metal music are probably like my two favorite things to talk about. So hit me up uh, on the socials, uh, email uh, on Twitter, Couch Bro Podcast. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Doing a little bit on the TikTok too. So be sure to follow us on those as well. Um, love to hear from you guys. Um, if you dig what we're doing here on the show, uh, I would love to get a five-star review from you. Um, five-star reviews help us out, kind of helps us out when people are looking for, hey, I need to find a guy in Ohio with a very droll and boring voice talking about why heavy metal is not more prominently featured in uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you're looking for topics like that, you give me a five-star review, that's going to bring me up a lot faster than somebody that's actually good at this. So, yeah, hit, hit us up with the five-star reviews. We greatly appreciate it, too. So that's going to wrap it up for this uh, week's episode. Uh, next week, I should be back with a uh, regular co-host. Unfortunately, life does get in the way sometimes. Uh, so scheduling conflicts do happen from time to time. Uh, I do miss being able to talk to somebody face-to-face, though. Um, be sure to follow us on, uh, Facebook cause, uh, I put up a poll question last week and I asked the listeners to vote on what episode we were doing today and our voters voted for this episode. So I might do that again next week, leaning towards a couple topics I think might be kind of interesting. So, uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook so you can vote on that too. So until next week, I will talk to you guys later. Bye everybody. <laughs>